0: are you okay jeff
1: oh yeah i'm good i'm good i'm imagining how nice it'll be to go breathe in some mountain air like i'm thinking a wisp of campfire mingled with like a
0: tease of whiskey oh wow you had me at mountain air i'm so excited to go camping i can hardly stand it
1: You know, camping for me is a great way to recharge my batteries. Uh, But wait a minute.
0: Isn't this a podcast about photography? Uh, It is. But camping is often the best way to spend time in the types of places we love to take photos. Ah, you know, let's photo camping. Come on. You know you want to. Oh, I'm so ready, my friend.
1: our photographers camping is a wonderful way to linger in the places of incredible natural beauty but camping can be a suffer fest if you don't do it right we're here to set you up with some truly useful camping tips and tricks this is photo Combobulate, and i'm
0: jeff carlson and i'm mason marsh pull up a chair and grab something to sip it's time to sit by the fire and chat So Jeff, end of next week, you and I are going to be camping together up in the North Cascades. Um, yes. I'm getting ready to go on a big road trip with my family and we're going to connect up here at the beginning of my trip. So I I can't wait. I think it's a great time for us to talk about camping because it's something that both you and I love to do.
1: This brings up so many questions of like what is camping? You're going to be driving up, you're going to be in a camper, I'm going to be staying in a tent with our our families. Then like look at what we did when we did our California trip. Like we also camped several days there, but that was a completely different kind of camping. And so I think just that initial thought of all the different types of camping and how that affects photographers really drew us to the idea of photocombobulating this because there's a lot to unpack even if we take out the photo side of it, which I – like we kind of are because it's – this is all about getting to the place,
0: right? Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's really a nice part of the outdoor lifestyle. I think that being in the Northwest, both of us, uh, especially growing up in the Northwest, both of us camped a lot. It's probably led to a appreciation for the outdoors. And I, I just love being outside. I love sleeping outside. I love exploring new places. And most of the time, they don't have hotels in a lot of these places. So being able to camp wherever you find yourself is really a, a wonderful opportunity to spend time away from home, doing something new and exciting. And, you know, photography is going to happen in those those times. But yeah. this episode is really about the camping, not the photography. So right. we're well, going to focus on that. You mentioned <clears throat> that, you know, when I come up at the end of next week that I'm going to be bringing a camper. And this is a really exciting topic for me right now because Uh, My family, we just purchased a camper van a couple weeks ago, and I've been outfitting it. It's something that we wanted for a long time, and we've finally figured out a way to do it. And it's really exciting for me because, you know, I love gear. I love playing with stuff like this. And so outfitting this van has been a great way for me to sort of kick off the summer of adventures. And so I'm happy to talk about camper vans, tents, (laughs) any way for me to get outside. I'll take it. But I do like the idea of sleeping on a real mattress <laughs> instead of ah. sleeping on the ground. That That is going to be nice. I'm pretty excited about Yeah. That. So a few things from there.
1: I actually did not grow up camping other than just doing Boy Scout camping when I was young. I didn't actually like go camping, camping until college and th- that's because my my family like the sort of like larger family owned a cabin up in Ketchum Idaho and so whenever we would go you know camping or go away for the weekend we would just go to this cabin which is its own Wonderful! Like it's still one of my favorite places in the world and I haven't been back there in decades. But like the whole tent experience and you know cooking on a, a little burner and all of that was really foreign to me until college and then after college. And then we had some friends who basically like introduced us to camping. And so I'm going to say up front, I am definitely a car camping person in that I don't pack things in – We basically park at a campsite that we've reserved, unload things from there. We keep a lot of the food and stuff in the car. You open the back of the car, you access things. and So we're we're sleeping in tents, but let's not have any illusions that I am roughing it in any way whatsoever other than sleeping in a tent, being outside, having some luxuries but still connecting with the outdoors, which part of the reason – I think as you already said that you know we do outdoor photography is to be outdoors mm-hmm. and when you extend that, when it's not just, OK, I'm going to get up out of my nice warm bed, I'm going to drive to a location, I'm going to shoot, I'm going to be outside for a few hours and I'm going to go back inside somewhere. Being able to extend that so that you go back to your campsite and you're you're just sitting outside and you're reading a book or you're taking a nap in the tent just informs that whole experience. That I think photographically – I'm not taking pictures in the middle of the day, but it's seeping in. It's giving me that full experience to make better pictures. And I know we're not going to yeah. talk really about photography too much, but that's that's been my impression. And then also camping with you and seeing like the, the different ways of – like I said, when we were on our trip in California – that was really bare. Like, we have a campsite and that's where we're going to sleep because, you know, it's 10 o'clock and we need to be up in six hours to go
0: shoot a sunrise. Well, I want to go back on something you said. You know, you, you grew up in southern Idaho and your family had this cabin up in Ketchum. You know, I think that while well, having a cabin is not technically camping, that is outdoor living and – you know, yeah. you, you went out during the day. It's not like you guys just <laughs> – we're not talking about a cabin like – I I was with some people recently, and they were talking about how some friends of theirs had bought a cabin, and it had a garage, and how there's this argument about whether or not it's really a cabin if it has a garage. And, right. You right. know, we're not talking <laughs> about a, a ski chalet, right? We're talking about a pretty Spartan cabin. And I would argue that that's camping. Yeah. And I think that – For me, you know, growing up, I did a lot of backpacking and did a lot of kind of backcountry camping and a lot of front country camping, you know, car camping and that sort of thing. I've definitely spent a lot of nights sleeping on the ground and it all counts. It all counts as time outside, outside the house, um, outside the city. And I know that there's studies out there. I don't have them in front of me. Maybe if if I can find some, I'll, I'll put a link to them in the show notes. But there are studies out there that show that spending time outside, in a not necessarily wilderness, but just outdoors, just away from the city, mm-hmm. is does something to your brain, does something to your to your mental and physical health. Yeah, and I I feel that really profoundly, especially after being cooped up all winter. <laughs> you know, I feel it in the spring I have this urge to get out and to. Get into the mountains and get near some rivers and get, mm-hmm. get near some, some outdoor stuff, big trees and things that have those smells that we just love and have a campfire and have a put up a hammock and just soak it in. It, we yeah. mentioned it in the introduction. It recharges the batteries. And it's for me, that I really feel like I need that this year. <laughs> like, I <really laughs> feel like this trip that we're getting ready to take, we'll be camping for, you know, a week and a half is. Uh, all I've been really thinking about for the last couple of weeks, because I'm just so excited to, to get out and just get out into nature and to see some new places. And so I do want, do want to circle around to this, and we're going to start talking about gear. We're going to start talking about some of the things we really enjoy when we go camping, some tips and tricks, if you will. Mm-hmm. But I do want to circle around this and say that uh, no matter how you do it, if you're sleeping in a tent and you're backpacking into the deep into the wilderness um, or you're getting a camper van and parking in a, in an RV park. If you're outdoors and you're not in your home and you're outside the city, it, it can be called camping and it's, it's good for you. It's good. It's good for your soul. <laughs> so uh, hopefully everybody get a chance to do that and, and enjoy some time outside. Yeah. And here in the Northwest, Jeff, it is big business. Now, uh, camping oh, is yeah. huge. Uh, one of the challenges, that we have as people who enjoy camping is you can't really just drive up on a Friday night anymore and grab a camp spot Mm -hmm. in a state park or a a nice campground. Those things now are reserved months out. You know, we did our trip last, last year, there were several spots that we were grabbed the day of, but it was, it was after school had started, right? It was into that shoulder season of the fall. But in Yosemite, we had to, we had to reserve our campsites. The moment they became available, You know, the the second they came available months in advance.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was like six or seven months, right?
0: Yeah. And, you you know, if you don't jump on those right away, you're stuck. You're kind of having to figure out maybe some dispersed camping, some boondocking, if you will, where you're parking in a parking lot somewhere (laughs) Mm -hmm. out in the hills. So. We really are in a period where camping is incredibly popular and some planning, some forethought is, is required if you want to have a, a developed site for sure, you know, with a picnic table and a bathroom and things like that. Yeah. So let's talk about, you know, camping in, the, in these developed sites, but also include um, some information about how to handle situations where it's more improvised and more dispersed, if you will. And we're sort of heading out at the last minute to grab some time out in the woods for the weekend.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Like you said, camping can be a suffer fest uh, because you're getting away from the things that you're used to. And so do you have the things you need? uh, There was one time when we went camping. So the the place that you and I are going to go in the North Cascades has been a favorite of my family's for long time. And there was a time we were camping with friends and at the time, like our friends had most of the gear and we, we got up there and it takes on a good day it'll take about two hours to get there from Seattle. Uh on a Friday it can be four because people are going home for, you know, the yeah. the, the week, whatever. Got up there and realized that we had left the camp stove behind. And so so my friend got in the car, put on some music, drove all the way back to get the camp stove and then drove all the way back again. So even though camping can seem really spontaneous and I don't need a lot of stuff, you got to put a little bit of time in to make sure you have what you have. And in my case, you know me, I'm not super organized. Uh, but I'm organized enough <laughs> that all of our camping stuff are in bins and it's – I would say I could I could go camping today with maybe 45 hours notice – 45 minutes notice. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it's
0: When you're talking about tent camping, which is Tent camping, yeah. 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 It requires a lot of gear. I don't think I could be ready to go in 45 minutes. But what's funny, Jeff, is – with kids, and we're both of us are dealing with camping with, with our families, which yeah. involves kids, which is a very complicated. Back before I had kids, yeah, I'd just throw a backpack in the car and, and be gone in a second. But it becomes more like a military operation when you're dealing with kids. You've got totes and totes of, of everything you could possibly need. And you do want to make sure you bring it all because it, Suffering comes from not having a warm enough sleeping bag or you forget your pillow. Um, and so you're sleeping on a wadded up sweatshirt, which is a bit damp and smells like a campfire. You know, done we, we've so done these times. things. Yeah, we've done these things. So one of my goals whenever I go camping is to have all of the comforts of home without all the encumberments of home. <laughs> and so I really take great pride when I get to a campsite of having a comfortable place to sit and good food and <clears throat> something good to drink and uh, a nice, dry, warm place to sleep. And when you're dealing with tents, that's, that, that's a tall order. You know, you can really think about a lot of stuff. One of the things I'm realizing that is so wonderful about having a camper van with this new camper van we have, and I'll be straight – forward and tell everybody the camper van that we bought has a kitchen and a bathroom and two beds in it basically it's it's an rv but it's it's the small rv so it's a van Mm -hmm. but it's got everything and i've got all of our i've set it up with dishes i've set it up with storage uh for food and so basically all we have to do is stop at the grocery store and fill up the fridge and fill up the cupboard with the food and bring some clothes and everything else is in the van Everything else is ready to go. And so I could see us being really opportunistic and saying, Hey, we can get out of town for the weekend. Kids, you got 15 minutes to grab a bag of clothes and we're going to stop at the store on the way up. Mm -hmm. And I I just, it's, that's a really great thought for me. That's because I get to bring all this stuff. It's all ready (laughs) to go. It's already in the vehicle to go camping before was pretty stressful because it was like, well, I've got to make sure I go all my totes and do they all fit and, Mm-hmm. Do Got we have the car? Yeah, the car. In the car. And even though I've packed
1: the same car with the same gear, every time it seems like I have to do something different. Yeah. Yeah. I have to say uh, – and this is I'm sure a product of age. But I remember when we first went camping, looking at the people who drove up in their big RVs and their campers, I yeah. was just – I was so scornful. I was just like, oh, come on. Like that's not camping. That's just – You know, bringing a small house with you. Like you got to be in a tent on a little semi-inflated mattress pad and (laughs) having the rain dropping uh, onto the top of the the rain fly in the middle of the night so you can't sleep. Like that's real camping. I got to admit as I'm getting, you know a little bit further in my, my, my age and
0: my desire for comfort. <laughs>
1: Camper van sounds really kind of nice, actually. <laughs> it is. And I,
0: I think it, it, I I am also scornful of RVs. And especially now that I own one, I'm, I really, <laughs> I'm, I'm feeling pretty snobbish because we took it for a test run a couple weekends ago. We went up the Columbia River gorge to a campground. It was Memorial day weekend and we didn't have reservations anywhere. So I'm like, I'm just going to drive out. We're going to find a campsite somewhere. And we pulled in to this campground, and there was a couple empty spots because it was kind of a rainy weekend. I think people bailed, and mm-hmm. so we pulled in and got a spot. And we were amongst these these real RVs, you know, the big ones that have satellite dishes on top and stuff like that. And I was really snobbish, like, "Man, we don't need all that stuff." And I, it's funny, my daughter the other day. Uh, we were watching a YouTube video about RVs and how people set up their RVs. And she's really into this camper van. She's, and she saw that they had a TV and she goes, why don't we have a TV? I'm like, we're not getting a TV. <laughs> <laughs> I see it as sort of like a mobile version of the cabin that you had as a kid, Jeff. Mm-hmm. I want it to be pretty Spartan, but I want it to be to be nice. I want it to be comfortable. Like the mattresses are really nice, but we don't have a TV. Uh, And we're not going to get a TV. (laughs) We're still going to, you know, it's got a little cooktop inside, but I'd much prefer to cook out on the picking table. And so we're going to have, you know, our propane camp stove and we're going to have our our stuff for being outside because the whole point of the camper van is to get us outside. Mm -hmm. And if we just go someplace and seal ourselves inside this little box, we're going to end up killing each other because it's not very big. (laughs)
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: you know? yeah, so let's talk about car camping and sort of campground camping because that's how a lot of people do their camping. They don't do this mm-hmm. hardcore backcountry stuff. And let's talk about some of the stuff that you like to bring, and then I'll talk about some of the stuff that I like to bring, and sort of how we like to establish our camps. What what makes it feel good for us?
1: Yeah. Well, so it's funny because like in our last episode when we were talking about outdoor clothing and. It was it was so very much like a, a technology episode because of you know advancements in the last you know 10 20 years um, that make such a big difference I have to say that we are still using the same tent we've had for 20 years which amazes me and every year we're like you know what this should be the year that we buy a new tent maybe something a little bit bigger uh, but then it ends up, you know, like I think we're going to camp maybe twice this summer. And so is that really worth getting a brand new tent? Because this one works. Um, right. We bought a separate smaller tent for our kid because, A, teenager doesn't really fit in the tent anymore. And also <laughs> teenager is <laughs> like, no, I don't want to be in I want to be the same place with you guys. No, forget that. And so, you know, and, and the, that little tent is the one that, that I took on, on our trip. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, obviously having – a good tent and having something that isn't going to fall apart and is going to be easy to set up and all of that. I think the one that we have has been a really great tent. It's it's relatively easy to set up. I think the ones now are a little bit easier to set up. They're certainly made with better materials, like (laughs) they have more little internal pockets knowing that people need to put their phones and their tablets and, (laughs) you know, like all all of those things around. And also, at least for us, like I I would like a bigger tent, but I've also seen, you know, some people who have like the massive two-room with an added vestibule kind of tent type of thing. And so – I think part of what I'm getting at is if you're thinking about doing this, you gotta think about how you're going to how you're going to camp. Because mm-hmm. for a lot of people, like the tent is the place that you sleep. And uh you know, for for us, what I will do is put up some sort of a of a cover above the little picnic table that's usually at campsites. And I would love to have just one of those like big things that are pretty much already assembled you just uh, expand it out those seem like really easy but again we've not ever needed it and mm-hmm. so we just have some like decent tarps and ropes that I tie to trees and it just gives us a little bit of shelter and so we can just hang out there in the middle of the camp sitting on camp chairs or sitting on the the uh, picnic table and that's sort of our downtime, And then right. when we're not doing that, we're you know, maybe going and doing a hike or we're going into a nearby town or something like that. There are some people for whom camping means going and having like a big tent situation. You're going to spend a whole lot of time in the tent and you're going to have your little portable generator and you're going to have, <laughs> you know, like, like all sorts of things. So, you know, you have to think about how long are you going to be camping? In your case, I think that the size of your – vehicle. Um, I almost said RV. It's kind of not – I mean I guess it's an RV, it's right? It's technically an RV but it's – I call it a van. An R- yeah, the van. <laughs> it's yeah, the van. Like you're going to be gone for what? Like two weeks I think you said uh-huh. and that is a good size. You're not in one of the, the giant RVs where you're going to spend the next six months traveling around the country. That I can see a justification for having a bigger RV because you, you, you really are – just living in a house. Right. And for me, and I think for a lot of people and photographers, camping is the temporary shelter that you
0: have while you're out doing something for a relatively small amount of time. Yeah, we're we're really talking about yeah, not outdoor living, right? Not not living on nomad lifestyle for for months and months and months, but right. maybe a week or two, uh, but mostly weekends. And I I think that for me, you know, having done a lot of weekend camping trips, uh, a real key whether you're tent based or or van based or RV based is simplicity. And years ago, Jeff, way back after we graduated from college, I I moved up to Alaska and lived in Alaska for uh, a few years as a newspaper photographer up there. And I one of the houses I lived in was on this bluff that overlooked the Cook Inlet and the Kenai River. It was a beautiful spot and next door to us was an r v park and one night this r v pulled in and it was it was summertime, so it was pretty late. It was probably ten thirty eleven o'clock at night, so it was still light out and this r v pulled in and this couple gets out and they put their awning out they they had um a whole bunch of stuff the chairs and a table they set up and they really established quite a homestead in this spot right next to our yard. Mm-hmm. And I sat there kind of, you know, I think my roommate and I were sitting there drinking beers outside, just, just enjoying the evening. Yeah. And we just sat and watched like a spe- bunch of spectators as these, this couple worked very feverishly for like 30 minutes, setting up their, their camp. I'm like, man, these folks are going to be here a while. They're really setting up. <laughs> we got up the next morning and like eight, they were gone. Yeah. It was they were gone. And so I thought, wow, for them, camping was really about the the process of setting up. And you know, she put out little decorative doilies on stuff and figurines in the windowsills and had little curtains and everything. Oh my god. It was gosh. just so. And it was really quite fancy. Um, and that's to me that just didn't make any sense. So mm-hmm. when when I go Camping for a weekend. I want to set up a comfortable camp, but I want to—I don't want it to be what I do for the whole time. Yeah, you know, I want to get it set up so I can enjoy it. Yeah. And so, a tent that's easy to set up—that you know, I just throw everything in there. So, when we tent camp, finding a tent spot is is super important to me. Right? I want it to be level. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> I, don't want, uh, I don't want people piled on me. Usually, I put myself on the downhill side if there is any slope at all, so that. I sort of keep people from fl- flying out of the tent, but <laughs> finding a nice level spot. And you mentioned having smaller tents. I think it's really wise to have a compact tent because even in a state park campground or a developed campground, the areas where they have uh, flat spots for tents aren't massive usually. Yeah, and having you know your tent fit in in a variety of different places, especially if you're going to have two tents. If you've got an older kid who wants their own tent you, know, you got to be kind of creative so you find a good level spot that's not going to be a puddle if it rains and you um, you set up your tent but I don't like being um, I don't like lingering in the tent I've had too many times where I've been stuck on rainy weekends where you end up playing cards in the tent for hours and hours and hours and and that's just that's just awful that's a suffer fest right there you're yeah. just you know crammed in this little tent. So for me, I'm with you, Jeff. I think that tarp over the picnic table—that's the living room. That's the kitchen. That's you know. Think Mm -hmm. about your house. Do you go and linger in your bedroom and hang out in your bedroom? Do you have friends over? (laughs) Let's go sit on the bed and talk. No, you you sit around the table. And I think that for me, that any campsite that has a picnic table, that picnic table is the heart of the campsite, and having Mm -hmm. some sort of top over it, you know, to protect from the sun or the rain, and then. A nice tablecloth. And I, <laughs> I've really become, as I've gotten older, deaf, things these things have changed. My expectations have changed. Yeah. But I've really become picky about that table surface because these picnic tables take a lot of abuse. And most of them are, especially here in the Northwest, are, are well used. So I have a really nice tablecloth I put over it. And then I have these clips, um, these metal mm-hmm. clips that hold the tablecloth on so that it doesn't blow off. Yeah. And so I, I put that tablecloth down. I establish that. Sacred space where we're going to be playing cards, where we're going to be eating, we're going to be hanging uh-huh. out, drinking, and telling stories. And I make sure that's set up nicely. And then, of course, camp chairs are nice. If there's, a fi- if there's going to be a fire, if it's available, right. um, you, know, you have the fire pit and all of that. And So I get to doing that pretty quickly and get that set up so that I can sit back and relax and crack, right. that, so, uh, crack that drink.
1: So tablecloth and then doilies? I can't yeah. remember. Okay. And then the doilies and
0: then the figurines. And then the figurines. And then yeah. a whole tote of those. <laughs> Golly. Yeah. You yeah. know, it's funny. Um, my sister is a real pro at car camping and she oh. and her family camp far more than I do. And I'm kind of jealous of how much she camps. And, you know, her kids are getting older and they don't do it as much as they used to. But they used to be out just about every weekend and she's got this system down or she's got these totes. And then there's a tote for the food and there's a tote for the kitchen stuff and mm-hmm. there's a tote for the table stuff. And she's got cards and lanterns and everything she would need is all there. And so everybody knows when you get to the site and you pop the trunk open, those totes get delivered to that picnic table so things can get set up. And I love that idea. Um, I have a similar system. I have a kitchen tote that's got pots and pans and cooking stuff and cleaning stuff in it. And then um, a separate tote with lanterns and the tablecloth and things that I mentioned. And one of the things that I will mention as a a good tip, it, oftentimes when you're using your picking table as your living space, as well as your kitchen, it gets pretty mm-hmm. cramped if you got a lot of people. And so if you can bring another table along that's actually your cooking space, you can set up your stove and your... Cooking area on that table that frees up the picnic table. Uh, and so I have a rolling, a roll top. I said rolling, it doesn't roll. It's a roll top, it's aluminum. And it, it rolls up into a bag. And uh, I've used this on our photo workshops in yeah. the mornings to make coffee. It just unfolds, the, the bottom legs unfold into a little frame. And then you unroll the top, and it has little bungees that hold it on there. And it's says fairly stable, good sized. Uh, table. And so I use that for cooking on. And it's, what's also nice about it is it's clean <laughs> it, it, it's coming, coming from home. It's clean. It's not some crazy, yeah. dirty picnic table. And so it's all ready for food service, all ready for food prep. And then I cover the regular picnic table with the tablecloth and that's where everybody gets to hang out. And so I have my little system there with that and it works really well. Just this the more simple. You could make this stuff the better. Yeah. I can't emphasize well, that enough. Well,
1: and you know, th- this makes me think of something that we mentioned uh, really early on, maybe in like the second or third episode. Um, when we're talking about like where you're storing your camera gear and accessing it and things like that, the same rule applies with camping stuff I found is that idea of object permanence. Yes. You know where your stuff is so that you don't have to build out your kit every single time you go. And so I know that in you know my my tote bin that's marked a that's where i'm going to find the cooking stuff and the hatchet and you know a a couple of those things and in in b is where i will find the plates and uh, wash bins and you know stuff like that and everything is stored in my storage room in a very specific place Mm -hmm. so you don't forget something so you don't have to sort of scramble and think oh you know did i actually pack the the propane did i actually do <laughs> you know like yeah. like those sorts of things and so if you can streamline that like you don't have to have an airtight system like your sister does but even a little bit goes a long way of of being organized and just knowing what you have so that again, you're not having to redo the same steps every time. And again, you can just have it go. You get set up. It's less time to get set up because you know where everything is. And then you can just sit and relax and start drinking whiskey. The other (laughs) thing I want to bring up here, because you mentioned coffee, coffee is very important, important for us. So, talk to me about heating water mm. because you have this this wonderful thing which to me was like a new a new revelation because I had never dealt with it before it's actually not new but um <laughs> because we have a little a little two burner Coleman stove again it's 20 years old still mm-hmm. works great so there's no reason for me to have anything different for our camping and so what I will do is you know we, we have like a little a metal carafe type of thing that just goes right on the burner and heats up the water you get a whole bunch of water for tea and coffee and washing up and all that mm-hmm. and you have this like what's it called speed burn speed burn <laughs> speed super, super no, um, speed <laughs> the one
0: the one that I have is, is, is actually many years old but it's, it's served me so well I really like it it's the predecessor of a jet boil Jet boil. Um, so one right. I have <laughs> is an MSR reactor. And so it, it it's a stove that fits onto a small fuel canister. So it's a mm-hmm. these pre-filled. They're not refillable. One of the things I don't like about it is these canisters. When they're empty, you got to throw them away. Mm-hmm. The stove fits on top of that. And then it there's a one-and-a-half-liter pot that sits perfectly on top of the stove so that if it's windy – the heat still gets to the bottom of the pot it doesn't get blown away so if you use your two burner coleman stove which i have one of those too i love those Mm -hmm. um if you use one of those in the wind it's going to be a while before your water boils yeah (laughs) with this system i can boil water in like a minute and a half and for in the morning when you, you got you got up you're cold you want that coffee you want that hot chocolate for the kids um i'm always going to bring that the nice thing about that particular stove is that the canister and the stove itself fits inside the pot and so it's it's really small Mm -hmm. it's meant for backpacking and so it's compact incredibly efficient and the only downside is it uses that those canisters of fuel which i'm sure everybody can picture the thing to consider when you're talking about cooking i think this is a great tip is most of us uh, use propane. Either the little one-pound bottles that screw onto the thing that hooks to the two-burner stove, right? That little arm Mm -hmm. that hangs out the side. Or the little tiny backpacking canisters that hold like a pint of uh, fuel. Mm -hmm. Uh If you're working in the backcountry or you need to be compact, the little canisters are great. They'll last you all weekend for making basic stuff, mostly for boiling hot water. If you're gonna be cooking on a two-burner stove and you're someone who camps a lot, those one pound propane canisters are incredibly wasteful. They they don't they don't last very long. They mm-hmm. you buy like three of them for fifteen bucks. So they're not that expensive, but you can't refill them. I always feel like especially you go to a campground and you see piles of them, right? In the dumpster mm-hmm. or people have kind of they try to recycle them now, but they're just everywhere. I've actually one of the things I did when I, we were outfitting the van is I bought a 11-pound propane tank. So the propane tank that goes on your gas grill at home is like 20 pounds. So it's yeah, big yeah. and fat and heavy. Mm-hmm. Well, picture one that's half that size. And so it's sort of tall and skinny. And I have a hose that will go from that to my two-burner stove. It has a special adapter, so it will hook on where that one-pound right. fuel tank would normally go. And so, I have this <laughs> I have this hose that I can set the can, the propane tank on the ground underneath the picnic table, and I can run the hose up to the stove, and I have this really large supply of propane that I can use on that. So, I could cook on that for weeks, probably, with 11 pounds of propane. Yeah, but yeah. here's the fun part, Jeff. One of the things I've realized in the Northwest is, especially as you get into the summer, it gets later and later in the summer, campfires are a no-no in some places. Right. And... You, I have kind of come to this at home. We have an outdoor patio area, and I used to have a, a – basically, it's a big metal bowl that I would make a fire in. I'd throw a bunch of wood in there and burn it, mm-hmm. and we'd sit out there and cough and hack and breathe in that wood smoke and get – our clothes <laughs> would get all sooty, and uh, any any nice piece of fleece would get little melt spots on it from sparks, right, that land on your fleece clothes. <laughs> and you know, I love the smell of wood smoke, but the practice of, of a wood campfire is really pretty hard. <laughs> uh-huh. And so what I've done, Jeff, is, and I'm almost embarrassed because I do feel like a bit of a weird RV guy, is I actually have a little gas fire pit now. So it's portable what? and it folds up in a little bag and it's got the lava rocks in it. So all I have to do is pop the little legs out and plug it into this propane tank that I bought. So I'm done cooking dinner. I can unscrew the hose from the stove and screw it into this... Fire pit, and we can gather around the fire pit and have a gas fire, which doesn't send off any sparks and isn't going to start a wildfire. Ah. So we now have the ability to bring a campfire with us. <laughs> and you know I what? think that's a great, great option for folks who live in areas where um, wind carried sparks are going to cause a problem.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So uh, another thing about about camping sort of uh, mixing with the modern age, you can buy these these like really big uh, battery banks basically. So, Mm -hmm. you know, like like little ones that you carry for for your phone, but they have like more industrial size ones. So you could get that and then just get a little electric fireplace that you could set instead (coughs) of even your thing and just have a little electric fire with a little like circular tube that makes the little glowing things. Yeah. yeah. Wouldn't you're making that be fun better? of me now, aren't you? Yeah. No, you're I'm making totally fun making fun of you. <laughs> yes, I am.
0: Because <laughs> actually I pictured you doing that and I'm like, oh, Jeff, that sounds like a lot of work for a, a very low <laughs> amount of, of enjoyment, but you, you do you. Um, uh, yeah. So, yeah. But I think that, you know, I think about fires because fire is a big, Part of the camping experience, I think. You know, it is. As, yeah. a, as a kid, we called it the uh, the outdoor TV. You know, you could sit and watch a fire for hours. Love that. And I love a good wood campfire, and when I can have one, when it's safe to have one, uh, and practical to have one, they're they're wonderful, and the smell, and it's all part of that experience. Mm-hmm. But the reality is for us that part of the year, that's just not smart, and. Honestly, there are times you'll get to a campground and the bundle of wood that they want to sell you is like four sticks and it's 18 bucks or whatever. <laughs> Some absurd amount of money. Yeah. You know, having the ability to, to produce fire and gas fire isn't quite the same as mm-hmm. a wood fire. You don't have the aroma. You don't have that great smoke or the crackle, but it is still fire and it's still fun to be around and it's fun to sit close to. It. It's warm and it looks nice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and we have one out on our patio at the at the house we have a propane fire pit and we what's great about it is you turn it on you have fire and when you're done you turn it off and you, you don't, don't have to pour enough. water on it <laughs> you don't have to worry about it sitting there smoking up the, the campsite all night it's a lot less pollution um, from that so yeah. you know I'm kind of I like having that option I, I really have a hard time camping without fire on our trip in California I remember Turning on our little backpacking stove, that one we were just talking about, and kind of standing around it when it was cold. And like that's our fire is this little glowing stove. So (laughs) even a little bit of fire can be be a great morale boost. And certainly it's nice to have the warmth on your hands in the morning.
1: All right. What would you consider is another sort of essential thing for camping? One of the things that I've found, uh, again, as I've gotten older – I sound like I'm ancient, but basically the truth is um, quite a while ago, like I got a little blow-up mattress because the camp pads were fine, but I would wake up and be all sore and stuff. And that, again, goes back to the idea of, all right, if you wake up and your body just feels terrible or you didn't sleep very well, that's going to impact everything, photography, dealing with your family, dealing with other people, all of that – last year we hilariously because uh, our old mattress had died um i just you know ordered one off of amazon and it turned out that it was a like 12 inch high queen size like an airbed
0: <laughs> an airbed basically yeah it, it,
1: it was an airbed and i i didn't have time to to check it before we went camping and it barely barely fit in the tent but you're smashed um, up against the ceiling of the tent. Smashed up against the ceiling. It was it was ridiculous.
0: <laughs> yeah. So they, we've since they, bought are, another are, one
1: that that's more sensible. But yeah. I found having something like that, I'm even at the point where I think I would be willing to get a cot or something like that. Like they do like, make
0: really low, you know, like four inch off the ground cots, which are nice. Mm-hmm. Um here's the thing. Keep in mind, when you're talking about sleeping on the ground, which is what we're talking about, right? Tent camping. A lot of cold comes to you through the conduction that's happening through the floor of the tent. So there's a couple things you can do to help mitigate some of that. Since you're car camping, we're not carrying this stuff miles and miles into the backcountry. This, this makes it easier. One of the things I would recommend, first of all, for anyone who's sleeping in a tent, is to get, uh, go down and buy a nice uh, quilt, not a fleece blanket, not something that's got some heft to it. You know, these old kind of heavy quilts. Mm-hmm. And find one that's about the same size as the inside of your tent. And you just, before you put your pads in there, just throw that quilt out there. And that's going to create a layer of insulation inside your tent. Uh, and also, it's good for the old knees when you're in there crawling around on your hands and knees setting up your bed. Yeah. You've now got a little bit of padding uh, and some warmth there. The next layer, can be an air mattress if you've got an insulating layer under it. But the problem with air mattresses, if there's no insulation in that air mattress, and some of them have some fiber insulation in them. But mm-hmm. if it's just air, that air is going to get – it's going to be cold. <laughs> it's going to be cold. So uh, your sleeping bags, most of us when we sleep in a sleeping bag, we're compressing the bottom layer. And so it's not super warm. So you want to have a warmth layer. So I really like air mattresses that have foam as part of the design. Mm. And the one that I use for car camping, I, I am not afraid to say this, it's called a camp bed and it's made by REI. And it's nice and wide and it's nice and long and it's three inches thick. And about an inch of that is foam and the rest of it is air. And mm. so when you unroll it, it's already got some squishiness to it. And then all you have to do is open the valves and it kind of self inflates. And then you finish it off with a few puffs from your, from your mouth and you close the valves up and it's, it's super warm and it's super comfortable. And for me, that mattress is warm enough underneath that. I I don't actually use a sleeping bag. I use a quilt over the top. Right. So I just bring a, a couple of nice warm blankets and cover myself up. And so that's, that's my sleep system is to remember that most of the cold that happens at night. It's coming up through the ground. So insulating that bottom, bottom part is super important. I will say this about tent camping. One of the things I love about tent camping is I, want my, I love having my face cold at night. I love having that cold air come through. <laughs> and ventilation uh-huh. is super important in a tent. We, we exhale a lot of moisture. I don't remember what the quantity is, and I don't know if there's an accurate data on that. But it's, we're talking about pints of water that you exhale mm. Over the evening or over the course of a night. And so, if you don't have good ventilation, you'll wake up and the inside of your tent's all wet. And most of us have experienced that. And we're like, wow, it's all wet in here. It must have rained. Well, it's no, it's, it's that's lung juice. That's your, that's your <laughs> oh, fluid that you exhaled lung out. Juice. <laughs> Oh, so having terrible. good ventilation is going to help keep things dry, which helps keep things warm. So I like having cold air on my face, but I like keeping my bedding nice and dry. So ventilation is really important to me. Uh, so any tent I'm using, I usually have a, some sort of windows or ventilation that, that works really well. When we did our trip in California this fall, it was so dry on our trip, we didn't have any rain. I never put the rainfly on my tent. I just went with the, the mesh. Yeah. And what was great about that is it was like sleeping outside. I could see the stars. Um, I had protection from bugs and critters, but I could still see out and had great ventilation. So I stayed nice and dry. And then you have nice warm bedding. keeps your body warm, but your face is all cool and fresh.
1: All right. What have we not covered now that we're
0: getting to be like... Yeah. I mean, I think just the fun stuff, hammocks. I'm a huge fan of hammocks. Having yep. a hammock in camp is great. I actually have learned that one is not enough if you have kids because they're going to steal your hammock. And yeah. they're going to turn it into a swing. It's going to be a place where they occupy themselves for hours. So get a hammock for the kids and then bring a hammock for you or, or maybe a couple more. We actually have several hammocks. Everybody in the family has a hammock and, and the straps that go around the trees. So you get these really nice hammocks. And the company that I like is called Kammock, K-A-M-M-O-K, I think. I'll put a link in the show notes. They make all different sizes of hammocks and they have the straps and it's all very simple. They, they fold down into these tiny little wads. And so you get to camp and one of the first things we'll do is put up a hammock. And so the kids have a place to hang out while we put up the tent and get the table and stuff set up. So hammocks are great. Camp chairs are super important. When I was a kid, yeah. we had these folding lawn chairs that had the webbing, right? <laughs> it's not very comfortable. Nowadays, we have these padded, awesome folding camp chairs that have cup holders in the arms. As a soccer dad, I can't—I I hate to admit how much time I spend in my camp chair every year. Most of it on the side of a soccer field, but those things are incredible, and they're worth the the money to buy a good one. Don't go to Walmart and buy a seven dollar one. Invest in one that's got good, strong materials that's going to last. One of the things that I really like about a good camp chair, they just fold up into a cylinder basically is if they come with a, a bag that you can put them in, that has a shoulder strap, then you can carry it around. Right. So mm-hmm. if you're walking out to a soccer game or you're going to carry it to a, a concert in the park or something like that, you want to make sure it's something that you can, you can haul around easily. I, I think that's probably one of our most used pieces of, of camping equipment are our camp chairs and they make kid sizes and adult sizes. And I think they're super important, especially if you're sitting around the fire. You want to have a place to put your drink, so you're not setting it on the ground, and that sort of thing. It's they're super nice. You yeah. guys have camp chairs, right?
1: Yeah, we do. We so, sort of an an odd assortment of uh, more compact and and less compact ones, but uh, you know they don't take up a whole lot of space, and it's perfectly fine, which mm-hmm. is kind of kind of the thing. But one other thing that I will mention that I've found to be invaluable that Uh, I think nobody really mentions having some sort of towels, um, which you're thinking about, you're thinking about sleeping, you're thinking about tent and shelter and all that. Having some towels that will either dry easily or something you can fold up and put down on a wet bench, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, we have – I don't even know where they came from. Like they may have been my grandmother's, but we have these. They're truly ugly green <laughs> towels, but they are so useful. Like we just bring a whole bunch of them with us, and so when you're you know drying dishes, when you are making some hot water in the morning, and take a, a a washcloth just to you know wash your face and sort of clean up a little bit, and then having you know a, a line or something that you can uh, put them over so they dry during the day. Makes a huge difference. These aren't like really modern, quick-drying uh, fabrics. I know that that those also exist, and those can be really great. Uh, but just just having something because you're going to need them for all sorts of different reasons.
0: I second the towels thing. It's become a big deal for our family. Actually, that my kids have become quite snobbish about their towels. <laughs> and as I, I was outfitting the camper van, I bought a set of new towels that will be with the van, they'll be assigned outside. to the van. And when we did our, our dry run the other day, it was determined that those towels were not were not going to be our favorite towels. So oh. um, I, I chose these <laughs> great quick trying quick drying travel towels. I actually really like them. They're very thin, but they absorb a lot of water and then they dry really quickly. You can actually wring them out and kind of give them a snap and they're pretty much dry and you can use them again. And they have, what's great is they have a little loop on the corner Mm -hmm. or the snap. And so one of the things I've learned camping, car camping especially, is you set up your clothesline and you hang a towel and you turn your back and the wind blows it into the the ground and it collects up all the little pine needles and stuff. So having a little snap where you can connect it to that line so it's not going to fall to the ground it really does make it (laughs) nice uh it's also a place to hang that towel when you get to the shower at the if your campground happens to have showers having a little loop to hang that up is really nice so Mm -hmm. uh the thin towels not not a not a big winner but luckily we have a set of fluffy towels that are also camp towels they're just they're just take up a lot more space Mm -hmm. they're they're rei brand and I want to say they're like luxury or some silly name like that. They're the thickest. (laughs) They're thicker than the towels we have at home, but they're made up of a viscose uh, nylon material. So they dry really quickly. We use them when we go to swimming pools and things like that. So they're kind of our swimming pool towels. And those would be the ones we take on our trip because the the thin little travel towels. My wife and kids all love to wrap their towels around themselves and sort of treat them like blankets. And me, Mm. I'm like, I'm going to dry myself with that. And then I'm putting clothes on. They're yeah. like, no, I want to want to wrap myself up in a nice fluffy towel for fifteen minutes. I'm like, okay, so we have these fluffy towels for them to do that. <laughs> yeah. But um, uh, the little towels too, like you said, for um, washing your face around the camp kitchen, having an assortment of little towels is really really important. I don't like to use a lot of paper towels, even though we end up using a ton of paper towels, and they end mm-hmm. up in the fire pit and you burn them up, but. Having a good set of small hand towels that are quick-dry camp towels is an absolute necessity for us. Last question. Speaking of cleaning oneself, do you
1: have like like one of those sun shower type things? I mean – we typically will just camp for a weekend and so we don't really worry about bathing too much again yeah. other than take a hot wash cloth, make sure you're cleaning the important stinky parts and kind of <sighs> leaving it at that and then get home and everybody takes successive showers until we have no more hot water left in the right. house. Right. But like I, I've never bothered with doing the little shower thing that you hang, you fill with water and you warm up and you hang and all that stuff. Whenever we've done a long Camp, we just make sure that there's some place nearby. Like like some some parks will have like coin operated showers, uh-huh. and you just go and do that, and
0: then it's it's so much less hassle. I think that going a couple of days without a shower is part of the outdoor experience, but yeah, exactly. I'm less inclined to do it anymore. I I feel like I don't know. I I love a, a good hot shower. <laughs> I'm spoiled. <laughs> That said, I don't think you can get a good hot shower from a bag, right? Even if it sits in the sun all day, it's not going to be like being at home. And it's not going to have the pressure that you want. It's going to be dribbling on you. So I I will say that one of the things I'm really excited about with our camper van is it actually has – it has an indoor shower. um, Oh. has what's called a wet bathroom. So it's got a little toilet in there and then it's got a shower. So you kind of have to stand next to the toilet and take the shower. But I – I don't think we're going to use it because we actually have an outside shower hookup. The back doors of the van open up and there's a bar that goes across and you can hang a curtain. The van comes with this curtain and it creates a little shower enclosure uh, between the back doors. And I bought a little roll-up bamboo mat that we'll put on the ground. And we have a shower head and you plug it in. There's a little faucet in the back and you plug it in. And we have a propane hot water heater in the van, and we can take nice long hot showers. The nice thing about that is it goes out on the water goes onto the ground, so it doesn't fill up our grey water tank and get mixed mm-hmm. with the dish water and all that other stuff. And we have to dump that. Uh, this is just shower water, and we use environmentally friendly soaps when we camp, and so we can just take an outdoor shower. I'm really looking forward to that. But I oftentimes when we're in front country and we're, we're camping in campgrounds. We look for campgrounds with showers. And if there isn't one, we'll be fine until we get home. You know, nobody's, nobody's going to yeah. get sepsis and die from not taking a shower. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so one thing I do want to talk about, Jeff, and I think it's really important. And for me, it's one of the greatest joys of camping is cooking a really good meal. Mm. And I, um, I love to cook. And I know you do too. And one of the things I really enjoy when I get to camp as I get everything set up, everybody's chilling out, hanging out, maybe playing a game I'm like, okay, I'm going to gonna draw out this dinner. I'm going to take some time and make a really nice dinner because the expectations for food when you're outdoors go way down. And so you become this amazing chef <laughs> <laughs> by the virtue of the fact that you're standing on bare ground um, cooking on a propane stove, right? Right. So a couple of things that, that I like to do for dinners um, is I like to – and there's people that are much better at this than I am. But for me, I like to cook dinners because we're car camping. We can bring a cooler, right? You have even battery even battery driven coolers now that will stay cold like a refrigerator. Seriously? You can bring meat and you can bring produce and you can bring all the stuff you would have at home. You don't have to eat backpacking food when you're right. at a campground. And so I love to make like a big, my big thing is pasta. I like to make a Big Italian kind of feast. What I'll do is I'll bring ground up pork, Italian sausage, and I'll make meatballs. And I'll have a, a frying pan there with some olive oil, and I'll be sitting there. And, shh, and the smell of that is just. Everyone's like, "Oh my god, what do you make?" I'm like, "I'm making meatballs." And I make up these meatballs, and then I wrap them in foil, and maybe set them over by the fire if we have a fire, so they can stay warm. And then I cook the pasta and the sauce, and I'm working that up. And usually there's a loaf of of uh, garlic bread that's in its little metal or little foil bag that's it's warming up by the fire man there's just something about digging into a big italian feast (laughs) around the (laughs) picnic table everything's steaming right it's just steaming up i'm just i'm salivating thinking about it but for me that is a a big fun thing i love to give that you know have everybody be like oh my god i'm so hungry because i've been camping you know and they they've been sitting in a chair maybe playing cards but they're (laughs) exhausted because they've been camping all day right maybe you've done a big hike or something but Mm -hmm. to dig into a really and then of course you have some wine you have uh you know grated parmesan cheese you know you really can do it up and it's not it's not that hard the hardest part though is cleaning up after that all that mess but if you're careful, you can cook without making too much of a mess. But you can do all this on a two-burner tabletop stove. Camp stove, yeah. And it's it's just fabulous. It's a great way to go. Another good one is chili, you know, like a big pot of chili. You can actually um, make it at home and just heat it up and have it in mm-hmm. the pot. And uh, make some cornbread at home and bring that, you know, I just love having a good hot kind of comfort food for that dinner, especially if it's a cooler night. It's it's really, really nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. Some friends of ours introduced us to the idea of like having like a good Indian tikka masala, Mm. uh, you know, type of dish that he makes at home and then basically just reheats. Right. Right. like, Like you don't have to start from scratch if you put a little bit of time in before. But it gives you that sense of like, yes, I'm camping, but I'm also kind of civilized. Right. I don't think I had really had much, you know, backpacking, dehydrated kind of food hardly ever until we went on our trip. And, it, <laughs> and you know, it, it absolutely made sense for us because we just needed to, you know, get some food in our bodies and go to bed because we needed to wake up early the next morning. And that was perfectly fine. But we've always – been making, you know, pasta or um, actually one thing that that I'm thinking about bringing on our trip coming up, uh, at one point, I think we were gifted a, like a cast iron Dutch oven.
0: Ooh.
1: And yeah. it's kind of a pain because it takes up space. It's heavy. All of those things. It's, this is not something that you would go backpacking with. By any <laughs> means, although, you know, you look at, at like old Western movies and, and pictures like th- this is the stuff they carried with them. It's it feels totally luxurious. But if you're making pasta, maybe this will be my my uh, contribution. You take a box of cake mix and you basically make like a like a cobbler.
0: A cobbler. I was just going to say if you're going to make a Dutch oven cobbler, it doesn't get any better. Dutch
1: oven cobbler, and oh you don't have to build a fire. You get charcoal briquettes that you put on uh, below it, and then on top of it. Mm-hmm. Okay, I can tell that is definitely going to happen. That's a winner. It's a winner.
0: <laughs> winner winner chicken dinner. For me, honestly, Jeff, when I think about you know memories of childhood camping and memories of family camping as an adult with the kids, the moments that really kind of stick with me are the sitting around having food. <laughs> you know it's it's a yeah. bonding time everybody's happy everybody's talking and you know telling stories and laughing and god it's just it just sounds like heaven so uh so let's do this i'll i'll do a pasta dish if you do the cobbler and that cobbler right. sounds sounds awesome so yeah definitely love a good cobbler Up for mornings pancakes camping oh, pancakes course. are a tradition right i mean yeah You got to make pancakes, and they got to be super burnt on the outside and all all (laughs) running on the inside. Well, Uh, no, no. But um, I mean,
1: that's the thing. Some people think camping means you have to you have to rough it, and you really don't. I mean, you do not have to be stuck with quasi nutritious, quasi tasty, dehydrated food because. Your car camping or your van camping, or honestly, even if you are backpacking, the options now are so much better. Even just cups of oatmeal, mm-hmm. like the cups of oatmeal you can get these days, is so much better than like the the super <laughs> pasty packets or you know, like like the cups of yore that were just like, mm, I like this sludge of yeah, is it oatmeal? I don't know. Yeah, right? Some sort so, of paste. <laughs> so like, like there's no reason to to suffer when it comes to food, as long as right. you have room for coffee and room for whiskey it 's all good
0: so let's let 's talk about coffee because we mentioned okay. it before uh, and i I've been thinking a lot about this. I, it, this is stuff I 've been obsessing about for the last couple of weeks, right, setting up this right. van, and I've come to kind of fall into your camp. I think the aeropress is the best option or fields coffee now at home we have our espresso machines and we're gonna whip up right. you know our espresso drinks at home I've looked at espresso options in the field you know the mocha pots and things like that and I just don't I don't I've had bad luck with those things and they yeah. seem like you're just gonna it's just a disappointment waiting to happen but the Aeropress that's a bona fide always going to produce for you so I have an Aeropress go I know you have one mm-hmm um, you talked, I think you talked about it on your other podcast. <laughs> that's where, <laughs> that's where you were talking about it. Uh, oh, right, Yeah. And so I, I have set us up with an AeroPress go and my wife and I, we can make a couple of cups of coffee pretty quickly with that. The thing to keep in mind for me, the thing that I've learned with, with the, we used to do the French press, right. And you'd make mm-hmm. a big French press of coffee and it would be cold by the time it got into the cup. Yeah. Almost always Yeah, in the process yeah. of brewing it it just would always chill out. And I even have one that's sort of insulated. And it still was disappointing. And my wife likes her coffee really hot. And so it's like, mm. ah. So we have come down to the Aeropress. And I think that's um, the ticket because you make this concentrated coffee and then you can add boiling water to it and get that temperature back up for those who like their coffee really hot. So Aeropress Go is really great. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I also have like a a little travel pour over, which I think you introduced me to when we were on one of our workshops. And that has also worked out pretty well, Mm -hmm. Um, although there's more to clean. You really need to bring filters because it's easier to get. To just like put them into the, the compost or the trash right. um, rather than the little – like it has a little fabric uh, filter in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, In terms of travel, it's a great idea. In terms of cleaning, it's a big old mess. Yeah, it um, sounds like a, gallons of water to get that clean <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Crazy. Exactly. Crazy. Here's the next coffee question. Do you pre-grind or do you grind on site?
0: You know, I have a hand grinder. But I, I find hand my grinder hand grinder too. to be a bit silly. <laughs> I feel like, um, I, my hand grinder is not adjustable. So whatever grind it's producing is the grind I oh. get. And mm. I've not figured out a way to, to adjust the grind on it. So I'm actually bringing ground coffee. It will be freshly ground before I go, right? So right. it's not sitting in a bag for three weeks ground. But I think a good... Sealed container, airtight container in its ground. I think you're good for a week, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah nice. I'm that not going right. not to notice a difference probably.
1: Yeah. I, I have a little hand grinder that is adjustable, although it's not nearly as – uh, like fine tuned as I would like, I kind of feel like I'm always fiddling with the with, with the grind thing. Yeah, um, I've done it. I feel like I've tried it. I actually took it with me to Washington D.C. when I was at a conference because I wanted freshly ground coffee in the hotel room because hotel coffee is so terrible. Yeah, and it was fine partially because it woke me up. Like, oh, I'm doing a workout now. I need to grind, <laughs> grind, grind
0: and move my whole body and work up a sweat. There's uh, that, but there's that to be said on a cold morning. It does. It does warm you up to grind this your This is coffee, true. Yes. This is true. But you, you know what else warms you up
1: on a cold morning? Coffee. Actual coffee, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> real coffee. Hot coffee. Real, real coffee that happens sooner because all you have to do is pour it and then put the water in and then you're done. So right. I think I'm going to go with that option this time.
0: Sounds so good. To me, that's just it's another one of those – Real visceral pleasures is standing in a campsite, looking at the sun, coming down the mountain. You know, you're still in the shade, but you're seeing that sun hitting the mountains Mm -hmm. and you're drinking your hot coffee and you're just standing there like, doesn't get any better than this. Maybe a little splash of Bailey's in there will help. But, you know, just uh, really a wonderful pleasure and one of the great things about camping. Now, we've been talking quite at length here about car camping. All of this applies all of these sorts of wisdoms apply to backcountry camping, but mm-hmm. with backcountry camping, you're going to leverage more technology to make comfortable sleeping pad happen or a warm enough sleeping bag. And there's a wealth of information out there on this type of technology. And I love backpacking. I love getting out off the road system and, you know, especially And I haven't done it much. You know, kids are just now getting old enough when we've, we've got backpacks for them. We're just, Probably this summer it'll happen. We just need to find the right trail. If you can get a mile from the highway, you'll probably have the world to yourself. And in these days, you know, we're talking about camping in front country campsites and things. Uh, if you can't get those reservations, backpacking is a great way to get out into nature and get away from people and have some, some good time with friends and family. And you can do that with almost all the comforts of home. Right, you're not going to be bringing um, meatballs mm-hmm. and <laughs> in a, in a Dutch oven on this backpacking trip, but you can still bring some pretty good food and you can still bring uh, a great tent and a great sleeping bag and a great pad. You're going to be leaving those camp chairs at home and you're going to be sitting maybe um, on a little folding padded chair, maybe your folded up uh, sleeping pad. But there's something to be said for that type of roughing it too. I think there's a lot of pleasure in a little bit of suffering, right? A lot of pleasure can be had in that type of adventure. So didn't get a chance to dive into that type of equipment, but I don't think we need to. I think that most of us are front country campers and uh, we enjoy... Roughing it but not too far from the car. Yeah.
1: Well, and I would say uh, if you are the type of person who does want to do more of that, let us know. You know, send us an email or go to the photocombobulate.com website uh, because we would love to hear what your experiences are wherever it is on the spectrum. If you are – I take like a ground pad and a camera and some lenses and a backpack and – a layer of clothes, and that's it. Like, mm-hmm. definitely tell us about that. Or if you are currently traveling the United States and making photos in your big ass RV, <laughs> tell us about that too. Because yeah. I, that's camping I, I, too.
0: Even I can no longer rule TV.
1: that out as a possibility <laughs> in my future.
0: <laughs> yeah, if someone gift, gifted Jeff a uh, a giant converted school bus. Uh, he would take it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would love to hear what people think of camping as part of their photography lifestyle. And you know, is it important to you? Is it, do you get the pleasure from it that we do? Uh, I, I think that it's such a great way to see the outdoor spaces and get out of town, but other people, you know, they don't live in areas that we live in maybe haven't had that experience. So uh, if you haven't had the, the chance to go camping, I would encourage you to give it a try. So okay. Check us out at our website. Jeff mentioned already, photocombobulate.com. You'll find show notes uh, for this episode. We'll put some camping gear links and things in there so you can see some of the stuff that we use. Um, I'll put some pictures of my my new camper van up there. So if anyone wants to see what that looks like, I'll post those. And we will be doing some trip reports here. So future episodes, just so you know, a little spoiler alert, future episodes are going to come after a little bit of a break. So I'm doing my trip up to Canada, to Banff and Jasper, the family and the new camper van. You are taking a big trip.
1: Yeah, taking a big trip. We're going to be going to Paris, Rome, Tuscany, uh, Florence, and Venice. So, so lots
0: of camping on that trip. Lots of camping, yes. <laughs>
1: <laughs> We're going to be camping only if we get so utterly lost. that. Yep. <laughs>
0: So what we're going to do is we're going to to be taking an episode off, and when we get back, we're going to have two episodes back-to-back. One will be about my trip, and it'll be kind of a trip report for uh, the Canadian Rockies, and Jeff will be doing a trip report for some of the most beautiful places in Europe. So look forward to those episodes after a a break from us, and we hope that you get out and have some adventures, too. Summer is upon us. We've been cooped up for a long time. It's time to get out and and explore the world a little bit. Yeah.
1: And I'll also mention – I don't know if we really planned this as a bunch of themed episodes, but it sort of worked out this way. Be sure to check out our previous episode about outdoor clothing, which is the whole other aspect of being in the outdoors. And uh, honestly, Mason did a fabulous job of putting links and recommendations to, you know, good, better, and best options for different types of clothing. So if you are, you know, looking at the summer ahead and you're planning some trips right now maybe for later in the summer definitely go check that out because you'll get a lot of good information and you can order
0: things that we know and have used and can recommend that was a lot of fun putting that together yeah it's definitely a theme i've got it on the brain thinking about getting outside and getting out of this office and and seeing some of the world and taking some great photos so yeah i will see you in a couple weeks my friend actually i'll see you at the end of next week we're gonna go camping but then exactly we will be back together here to talk about our trips.
1: Well, we're going to see each other in person, which is going to be weird because I'm used
0: to seeing you in a little tiny square on my computer screen, but I know it'll be, it'll be (laughs) strange to see, see you from nipples down. (laughs) (laughs) My eyes are up here. My eyes are up Uh, here. here. (laughs) (laughs) All right, everybody. Thank you so much. Talk to you soon.